same in our eyes, but just we created a slightly different from what they are. We talk to the same names of our. Listening to Strange Familiars, true stories of the paranormal, cryptids, hauntings, the occult, mythology, UFOs, folklore, weird and forgotten history. Please make sure to like and subscribe to Strange Familiars on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you are listening. Please share the Strange Familiars page and episodes on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars and of course, strangefamiliars.com. So as always, before we begin, I'm going to ask for your help, and that means please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. The links are always in the show notes, or if you're on YouTube, they're always below the video. You can find stuff there. When you become a patron, you help us make Strange Familiars. If we get enough patrons, you will help us go to a weekly show. We'd love to do that. $3 a month, you get bonus content. We have new shows coming this month. Maybe we might have three patron shows this month. So we're going to do one on my experiences. I've already recorded one with Soraya from Where Did the Road Go about the Witch Tree. And my experiences might break down into two shows. We're not sure yet because we haven't recorded it yet, but... That should all be coming in September or early October at the latest. So if you're a patron, you're going to get a bunch of extra content. $3 a month, you get extra content. There's more levels if you want t-shirts or if you want stickers or pins. So all kinds of different stuff there, different levels you can go in. If you can afford a little extra support, that's awesome. And you can get some strange, familiar stuff. We'd like to thank our current subscribers and patrons that have lined up thus far. It means the world to us. It's really cool to have such a positive outcry from folks that are listening to the show and enjoying it and passing it on. Thank you guys that are already on board. Please continue to share. James and I will be at Monster Mania. That's our next event. 
Yes, Hunt Valley, Maryland. September 29th through October 1st. That's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Delta Hotel Marriott in Hunt Valley, Maryland. We'll be there with the Strange Familiars podcast as well as some of your fantastic wares and some new things, yes? Yeah, two posters, which I got done in time for this. Uh, One for The Legend of Boggy Creek. I did an alternate movie poster. It's awesome. uh, Thank you. I always loved Boggy Creek. I rewatched it again recently, and people give that movie guff, but for me, it holds up. I really like it. I like the documentary style. It was very ahead of its time, whether it was trying it or not. Yeah, it was. It was. I just, you know, it, it's a product of the time. It's, you know, you, you're not going to have fantastic special effects or anything from, you know, 1970. Was it 74 or whatever? Yeah, I think it was 74, and it's a very, very low budget. Very, very shoestring budget. Moody as heck, though, yeah. and and it has a lot of the real people who experience stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, they used some of the real folks that were involved in what was happening there. So I did a Legend of Boggy Creek poster, and I did one for the 50th anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film. So I did my interpretation of Patty. So uh, breasts and all, I know <laughs> people have been commenting on that. Yes, Big people has boobs. Yes, the, yes. The, her breasts are heaving. <laughs> You can stop by our table, look for the Strange Familiars banner, and you can see our posters and uh, my books, and we'll have all kinds of Strange Familiars stuff there. So stop by and say hi. Share uh, some stories. We love it. We had a great time at Haldeman Mansion. The Haldeman Mansion was a real good time. People stopped by, told us stories, got to talk to people. I, d- I do believe that that will eventually become its own show down the line. I think, yeah. We're, I think, we're I going think it'd back. it would be really cool to do a show from there. Episode 17. We're 17 episodes in. Didn't even talk UFOs yet. (laughs) 17 and no UFOs. Had to correct that. Where Did the Road Go? Our our sister podcast or parent podcast, maybe. I I don't know. It's our mother. Our our mother mother cast. The podcast that begat Strange Familiars, in a sense. They do an excellent job covering UFOs. Those guys have deep, deep UFO knowledge, which I do not have. Sure. They can name specific cases from back when. They've talked to a lot of the major figures in the scene, a lot of the major uh, guys who've written books and explored this topic for longer than we've been alive. So where did the road go? They do a fantastic job with UFOs. What can we add to it? You know, that was kind of my thought. And for me, it's going to be local stuff. Let's, let's dig into some of these local cases. Yeah. Everyone has local UFO cases. Tons. Cool. Like part of the idea, I think for me was like, We'll just have so much material because a lot of people have seen UFOs, and we'll get to that later in the episode as well. So let's look at York County. That's where we live. Let's, well, it's where I live. It's where we are. It's where we are. James betrayed us and moved across to the river. Yeah, I moved across that wretched river <laughs> to Lancaster County. But you know, let's look at York County. I thought that's, and we'll just take it from there. And some of them I've talked about before. I think I've talked about the sightings of the craft over Peach Bottom uh, Power Plant, at least in the. Uh, in the patron show on uh, the Mount Nebo monster. I, I'm sure I talked about that. In the Seven Valleys episode, I talked about the glowing fields and the people seeing the green lights fall from the sky there. And I've talked about me seeing the, in I think episode three, or maybe maybe it was episode one, I forget. I talked about seeing the glowing fields when I came out of Raymar's Hollow one night and to, to the kind of the northeast that fields lit up like, like a stadium lights were on and so forth. So I've talked about it before and I talk about a lot more in my book, beyond the seventh gate but one of the most interesting cases to me has always been this gatchelville maybe yeah. ufo landing yeah so 
Let's hear the articles. I think we have a MUFON report and we have a newspaper article that mentions that. Gatchaville, Pennsylvania, March 8th, 1977. Eleven witnesses at various locations reported seeing a red ball of fire moving very slowly at very low level. Duration of sighting was 25 minutes. A ground fire was reported in an area 30 by 100 feet was found burnt. In this burnt area, a triangular section was not burnt. The area measured 72 by 54 by 52 inches. A hole was found at each point of the triangle. Report from John Lutz to CUFOs. Number 1024, United States. MUFON UFO Journal, September 1977. York lists sightings of UFOs. York County is having a mild UFO wave, according to the York Sunday News. A featured article yesterday told of sightings in various areas of York County, including one at the York County Shopping Center during the last week and a half. The story quotes Robert D. Barry of Red Lion, full-time director of the 20th Century Unidentified Flying Object Bureau, Collingswood, New Jersey, as saying the new sightings indicate a device that has taillights, a window, headlights, and short wings. He said that some experts in flying saucers now believe all may have wings, which are retractable, thus creating the saucer shape. One of the sightings reported was at a Robert Brown property near Fawn Grove, where a reddish bright object landed and set fire to a field. Firemen put out the circular blaze. The next day, a military helicopter came to the scene to inspect, and a week later, a University of Maryland group checked the spot for radiation. Brown claims the government knows a lot more than the public is aware and is now making preparations to prepare Americans for some of this knowledge. He also claims that encounters of the third kind are taking place all over the world at the present time. The story did not mention it, but the general area of southern York County has also in recent months noted sightings of the abominable snowman in that area. If the extraterrestrial UFO pilots meet Sasquatch in York County, this may be the first close encounter of the fourth kind. That article was from the Gettysburg Times, Monday, April 10th, 1978. So notice the newspaper article without really connecting the dots, does mention Bigfoot at the end. Yeah. And again, you know, we've said this, well, I mean, it's something you and I have always talked about, but something we brought up, what was it, 14, 15, uh, just with regard to the connections right. of sightings in particular areas of, of, you know, where there's UFOs, there's Bigfoot sightings. At least in Pennsylvania. At least in Pennsylvania, that seems to be kind of the, th- the beat. Yeah, and, you know, Stan Gordon was making those connections in the early 70s, if not before. But I haven't seen it too many other places. That's why I found that article really interesting. It was They didn't really make a connection, but they, they kind of made a little joke about it at the end yeah. of the article. But they do mention... But it shouldn't Bigfoot come. It shouldn't come as much of a surprise. There's a there's an area very close to to Gatchaville that had tons of historic sightings. Yeah, uh, you know, right there, right outside of Hartford County. Yeah, well, in Delta, Delta, and, and then yeah. there's the one in Fawn Grove, which is yeah. which is right there. We thought, let's go look for this. Let's try to find Could where we? this 
thing. Should we? Could we find let's, it? Let's try it. We are in Gatchelville, Pennsylvania. And we, against all odds, seem to have found the location of the 1977, maybe, UFO landing. We ran into a woman who said it was her brother messing with fireworks. That was a couple neighborhood kids. Who did it. She alluded that it seems like people wanted to believe that it was a UFO. People were even saying they saw it in the sky. But she's claiming in reality her brother and a few of the other neighborhood kids had let off a bunch of fireworks and burned this up over here. That was not what other witnesses reported. They did not report fireworks. The trace evidence on the ground doesn't seem to support fireworks. That said, who knows, maybe. So it's on private property. We're going to take a walk and see, see, see what happens here. Search for the, the landing of the, the 1977 Gatchelville UFO. I think the photo was taken from down there in their driveway going up. I mean, how many? If it would be more neighborly. Should you put your four ways on? Yeah. I wonder what would happen if I went up and knocked on the door and just asked if there would be four ways of photos from the driveway to the road. You want to just pull down there? Can you just drive down? Yeah, you want to just do that? I'd wanted to do it way back when I wrote the book. The folks at the Gatchelville store, which is a, I think there's two Gatchelville stores. Just people, two. People refer to them as both as the Gatchelville store. <laughs> One is an antiques shop down there, uh, and the other is the pizza shop, both run by very, very, very nice people. The people at the antique Gatchelville store, the antique shop, they're the ones who originally told me about this UFO landing. Because I went in there when I was writing my first book and I was just, I was knocking doors down left and right. Like, tell me we are weird stuff. I need to know anything weird happened around here. And the lady was like, yes, there was a UFO landing in Gatchelville. I was like, what? I, yeah, because I had never heard about this. She's like, yes, look it up on the internet. So, you know, I run home, look it up. And, and sure enough, there's a, a UFO landing. And it's, I don't know what these different ratings mean. Like it's got a valet rating. It's got, uh, and I think Jeff Ritzman explained it to me but I, I believe there it's considered a pretty pretty reliable uh rating amongst amongst these ufo researchers 
for this Gatchelville landing, but I had no clue where it was. At the time I was writing the book, I didn't have a lot of time to, to poke around down there because I'm going all over the county, you know, all these different places. So I just thought, I'll never find this place. But what I did get, I I got a guy from Maryland to send me a picture from the time. He sent me a picture of the... Well, like the the burned out spot where the landing had, yeah, had I think allegedly he, occurred. He went and about a month after it happened. Yeah, so. and it was still deader. Yeah, you, you could than anything. You, you could definitely see a circle. So there was a circle burnt, and then I think it mentions in, in the MUFON report, and then an unburnt triangle in the middle of the circle with holes at each point of the triangle. In the picture he sent from 77, which I do not have his permission to reproduce, so I'm just going to have to describe it. You see the triangle in the middle, and you see someone had put stakes up at, at each point of the triangle, I guess, to mark the holes. So we knew basically what it looked like. But it's a needle in a haystack. Well, to just... Yeah, and it's been for almost forty years yeah, been, yeah, just since over, that. Yeah. And you wonder, like, well, is there going to be enough? Is there going? Are there going to be enough landmarks for us to be able to like figure out, you know, where this right where this is by seeing it? And you know, in most cases, no, because developments have happened everywhere. But lo and behold. Well, there was a very unique telephone pole, power yeah. pole of some sort that was a good indicator, and the landscape itself. I figured the landscape itself, unless they do some serious grading, is not going to change that much. So right. we had that to go on, but still, it's a needle in a haystack. And it's vague, especially since it's like a, it's you know a field in a place that's full of fields. And there's one of those UFO sites online that has a pin dropped on a Google map, which it's near-ish it's to near, the place, but it's not. But not it. Yeah, if if you if you find that site and you're out there looking for it, it's going to lead you to the middle of some trees, yeah. and that is not where this happened. It's not really very close. I mean, it, it's it's close in that it's in the Gatchelville area, but it's not really close to this landing spot. If we went by that pin, we would have never found it. No. We would have never found it. It wasn't even on, I don't think, even on the yeah. right crossroad. As these things often play out, it was a lot of cool synchronicity there synchronicity and dumb luck maybe maybe it was all synchronicity <laughs> so uh we just said let's do it let's just go down there let's knock on doors if we have to let's talk to who we can talk to i saw i found a restaurant in fawn grove i said well let's just let's go eat lunch at this restaurant we'll just talk to the locals you know maybe the locals hang out at this restaurant and we'll yeah we'll talk old folks love me i, f- I was sure that i'd be able to get somebody to talk so we rolled down there and we first went to a convenience store and we asked there and the woman was like UFOs like you know <laughs> looking at us like we're crazy I'm, of course. I, was, I didn't live here then yeah yeah was the response and she, and she said go talk to Fred or whoever there's some guy with a big white beard that was Turn, the- turns out she was profiling him because he looked he had very white hair and a very white beard and just assumed that he was old and he he knew some stuff he just gave us a head shake, like, nope, don't know anything about that. Yeah, so I, I lived in California then. <laughs> so, so we kind of struck out that. So we headed to the restaurant, which was closed. It was closed on Mondays. Yep. So didn't get that. You saw someone you knew who gave us a little bit of intel. Yeah, yeah. I, I ran into a, a friend and a, a entrepreneur, fellow musician and a, you know bandmate for a project long long since disbanded was it was able to get a lead from him that inevitably did end up working out 
Yeah, yeah. So basically, he told us to to go <laughs> to go, to go the, have lunch at to, this to go to the pizza shop. This this the 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 other Gatchaville the store, other Gatchaville store, which is um, it's a small town. I'm not I'm not doing. They were super nice, so I'm not doing this to make fun of them. Oh yeah, but I just thought it was funny that they there it's pizza and live bait. Yes, that's how small the town bait. is. It's pizza and live bait because you want your night crawlers next to your well, pepperoni. Hey, whatever works. And they were closed. We they were closed. Up. They were closed. But the very nice woman saw us pull in. Yeah, walk. she she came up to us and asked us if she could get us something from the store. That the kitchen was closed, but she'd be happy to let us come in and and get some food if we wanted something off of the shelves or whatever. Yeah, get a soda and some chips or something. She was very very nice about that. And I said, no, but how about this? Can we ask you some questions? She, said, yeah. she gave us an eyebrow and said, "Okay." <laughs> I said, "How long have have you lived here?" She said, "Oh, I lived here a long time." And I think she said they opened the store in '76, right? '76, yes. So I said, "Perfect, perfect." And I said, "UFO landing, 1977." And she pointed me right to it. She pointed. She didn't say anything initially. She just pointed in a direction, and then she spoke. <laughs> right. So she pretty much told us exactly where we needed to go. And it turned out that we had actually driven right past it to get to the store. But then she followed that up with some interesting, uh, with some interesting additional information. What she says is it was right over there. Here's the field. I mean, she pointed us right to it. She gave us perfect directions and she said, but you know, it was a hoax. Right. So this is the first time we're hearing of uh, an alleged hoax, right? In and, all of the and, in all of the stuff that's written about this particular. And, until this point, I've not heard hoax. Except Jeff Ritzman said he thought maybe at some point he heard there might have been a hoax, and he did say that after I was done interviewing Jeff I, I, about his UFO stuff. I, I asked him about it, and he said, "I don't know. I don't remember much about it, but for some reason, I think it might have been a hoax." So Jeff and and her are the only two people that even possibly mentioned hoax. Yes, but she said this. She said my brother was playing with fireworks. Brother and some of the neighborhood kids. On a tennis court. On a tennis court. She mentioned tennis court two or three times. Yes, she did. She did mention the tennis court a couple times. There's no tennis court there. None. And there, the, there's, there's no place no, where there's there could no, have... There's no flat land. It's not there, flat. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an incline. It's rough field. I mean... There's there yeah. was no place where it's so well it's set for it's 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 graded for for drainage right you know for the crops yeah so there's no place a tennis court could have been no sir but yet she did point us to the exact right location right, right to it in the photo from 1977 there's no tennis court there's, there's no, no tennis, tennis court, court there. and nowhere there could be one this is rural farmland there's yep. no, no tennis court so you know has mm. has she kind of confused two stories yeah. over time it, you know was it a hoax. The thing is that what people reported, this big glowing red ball that flies against the wind slowly yes. and then lands, does not sound like fireworks. Right. Well, not only that, but I would think, you know, seeing the photo of the aftermath from 77, what it did to the ground. And also, there was a story that the EPA had come out and ran tests on this on the yeah, soil and co- grass. Or a college, I think it was. Somebody some, had come yeah, out and, yeah. and ran some tests because they wanted to see if there was any other weird stuff. And... um I do believe that if we're talking about fireworks, that would have been pretty obvious. There would have been fireworks. There's still fireworks stuff in my yard from two, four right. Julys ago. So there would definitely have been telltales. And it also wouldn't have been such a clean burn. I mean, everything is besides the green triangle of grass that somehow didn't end up being scorched. It's a pretty large area to be scorched. I mean, when you're actually standing there, 
it's like, wow, that covered a pretty big amount of space. Yeah, and it's fairly circular. And to get such a consistent burn. Right, that's what I mean. It's fairly even and circular. Yeah, and then, yeah not but, splotchy at all. But the unburnt triangle is the really, like, how are you playing with fireworks and you manage to burn everything but right. a triangle in the middle right. of it? That's an odd one to me. So if there's anybody from that area that might be listening to this or know, know someone who may be from that area that is listening to this that might have some insight, we'd love to talk to anybody who... You know, may have been a kid or or knew the story about the fireworks. Yeah, or maybe someone who witnessed it. That or would be... or someone who actually witnessed the landing. I think that it's a very interesting sort of conflict. It's on private property. It is on private property. Don't go there. Don't, don't bother these people. Don't bother the people there. We went to knock on the door to get permission, even to just take a picture. They did not answer the door. We had to drive by the location to get to their house. Yes. So on the way out, we, we recreated the picture as best we could Yeah, very quickly. I feel like we recreated it to a T, uh, which is so crazy because I really did not expect it to be almost exactly as it looked in 1977. Yeah, the, the power pole is still the there. Power the power pole, everything. Every, the, like all yeah, the, the telltales are right there still. Yeah, there's a couple. It looks like maybe some kind of peach or apple trees that were there in yes. the 70s. It's, it's, I think it's cornfield now or something, but... Anyway, interesting conflict. So, so it's it's on private property. Don't bother these people. Yep, they didn't seem to want to talk to us if they were home. We didn't bother them. We didn't hang out on the land. We were just happy to to have found it. Yeah, and uh, take a picture and move on. So, what? I don't know. I you know this is such a big question mark. I feel like the unburnt trying. You know, if it was today and some kid was trying to do a hoax and they had some kind of I don't flame that, retardant thing I and don't all know that, how but, you could possibly accidentally do something like that and have it be so perfect because she made it sound like they weren't trying to perpetuate a hoax. No, they were just messing around. They were just playing around with fireworks in this spot, which seemed like a kind of a dangerous thing, especially with it being so dry during the time that this uh, happened. In fact, when did, when did this alleged landing happen? What time of the year was this? This was March of 1977. Why would there be kids out with fireworks in the middle of March at night? That is kind of a weird thing. Something that I had thought about since then is, you know, it could be maybe um, a lot of publicity and a lot of things kind of got dredged up and a lot of people were coming out to this area to check this out. And this is a very small, quaint area. And I don't know necessarily that it's the kind of place that really wants that kind of attention. Right. I think that saying, well, it's not even real. It was a hoax. It was fireworks is just as good of deterrent as any to keep people from. Yeah, from, it, from just hanging out there like, you know, UFO groupies. It dispels it immediately. Like, sure. Nothing to see here. Move along. But I feel like there's more to it. Well, you know, that unburnt triangle, just that's the one. And and the fact that the, the it soil... It's such an even burn. Like, there's like no spots. The it's soil like, tested positive for radiation as well. Right. So, you the, know... The grass wasn't just burned on the surface. It was burnt down below the surface yeah, of the ground. Four inches, which... Um, killed it completely like it's yeah. just it was just yeah. dead the, the soil i think they said was burnt four inches down so who knows it's hard to say yeah you so know. so uh Gacheville, pa where's the tennis court 77 where's the tennis court where are the kids who who set off the fireworks because i would love to i would love to chat with them yeah definitely or anybody who seen did the, the the craft in the air? Maybe the aliens took the tennis court. Maybe, maybe they the aliens did take the tennis, tennis court. court. That that was just a strange detail she threw in there. That, tennis, which was, me, tennis was big in the late seventies. It was. That's made me wonder if she hasn't maybe taken two stories and mm-hmm. kind of combined them on, sure. on purpose or otherwise 
just misremembering things. Maybe her brother told her a story about sure. setting fireworks off in a tennis court. One thing is one thing is a fact, you know, in all of the, you know, in the in a couple different stories that were released around that time, they had there between 9 and 11 witnesses that were in uh, unrelated groups yeah, separate from each other. Different places. From, um, from, so they saw it from different angles. They saw it from different angles and maybe even some people that were right there watching it or looking at it while it was there. So who knows, man? Who knows? It's still it's still uh still a mystery in my opinion. I don't feel like I'm I'm leaning hard either way on this. I feel like it's uh there's, yeah, there's I mean, more to there's more to this story. So this could be something we reheat again later. I figure if anything I mean, comes up. To me the the minute someone says hoax, I feel like everyone in the world just goes, Oh, it's a hoax then it's and dismissed. As yeah. soon as someone mentions yeah. hoax then it's done. Then you can't. Then you're not even allowed to consider it anymore because but, some someone said hoax. But, but you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions with this one. I, I like to be cautiously skeptical. Health, like I like to be skeptical to a healthy degree and 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 question things. And I had more questions with regard to perpetuating a hoax than I did the stories of, of what had happened allegedly. Right. Having seen the original photos, there was and... more things about the idea of it being a hoax that made less sense to me. Right. Then where you go, well, how did they do <laughs> that? Know? Right. Then as opposed to, and especially we're, not... and we're talking about, you know, kids. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty, how did they do that with 1977 technology? And how did they get away with that? You know, without, Right, Mufon was there, yeah. and, and these, and they said that you know black helicopters visited the scene the next day. So, yeah. like that's a you interesting know, stuff, and like uh, another checklist for your UFO thing. Like you, you know, a lot of times these black helicopters come in. Happened in Seven Valleys. One the the one woman Lynn, she reported the glowing fields there that her father saw, and they yeah. said the next day, black helicopters rolled in. Wild stuff. Interesting stuff. And then we made a joke while we were out. We saw a praying mantis. Yeah, I photographed yeah. We, it. We saw a very large praying mantis at one of the places we had spoken to potential witnesses. Yeah, so I just took a picture. I made a joke. I think on Instagram you can see it about there being aliens. Every and day. And what's happened this week? For every you, day since then, there's been a praying mantis <laughs> around. Out on my house, uh, there, there was one eating a stink bug. Then the next day, there was one on the screen. Maybe the same one, but yeah. he's on, on a different side of the house. He flew around. And then tonight we were sitting there talking before we hit record, and there's one on, on a plant right outside the window. So, Listening. Yeah. So they want to know They want to know what we know. The praying mantises are, are following me. Which is sadly not a whole lot more than what we knew exactly. going yeah. out. But I do feel, I feel, a, feel a satisfaction having gotten a chance to actually go out there and check out this area. And find it. That's Because the, 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 yeah. I thought, we'll never find this. It's just, but let's go try, yeah. you know. There's another local maybe UFO thing that I thought was cool. And, and this is, they play it like a little funny story in the newspaper. So we'll go ahead and play this and we'll talk about it. UFO corn roast. Farmer Edwin Kraut holds one of dozens of broken charred corn stalks located in a remote area in one of his cornfields near the old Susquehanna Trail south of Loganville. An area of standing corn stalks about 25 feet wide and perhaps 40 feet long shows damage by something very hot and moving into the cornfield rapidly out of the west. Stalks are burned and broken or bent towards the east. Lowest damage is about 10 inches above the ground. 
The burned area was first noticed Wednesday by a hunter who had permission to hunt in the area. He located Kraut Thursday and showed him the damage. There was no evidence of pranksterism. Nobody in the area reported anything unusual that might have been the cause of the burning. Kraut speculated humorously that maybe someone from outer space had come down to grab a specimen of his Pioneer 3334 hybrid corn. There might be several explanations for damage on the Kraut property, says Alan Hendry of the Center for UFO Studies in Evanston, Illinois. He declined to speculate on the causes, but said he plans to get in touch with Mr. Kraut this morning for more information. That was from the York Daily Record, Friday, November 4th, 1977. So that's in Loganville, so that's what... Uh... That's just a few miles from here. So the part of York County that we're in currently, we're like talking about like five miles? Yeah. Five, six miles, maybe? And... Really interesting. Just a bunch of corn knocked down. Now, but there's no, they didn't see any way that someone you know took a full wheel drive in there and did it. There was no. It was like somebody had to have just been dropped into that area, did a bunch of destruction, and then got lifted out. Right. <laughs> there's no. There's no pathways in or no pathways out. Yeah. No. Some kids probably could have ducked in between the corn stalls. Perhaps, and, but you're and... gonna make a. Your kids are going to make a mess. Yeah. I know that yeah. for a fact. We had a cornfield behind our house, and we used to go in there all the time. My mom would be so mad. She'd be like, you guys, we're in the corn again. <laughs> sure enough, there's, you know, we thought we were slick, but there's like, yeah. <laughs> you can see the pathways through. Yeah. So I, who knows? I mean, it's it's not really a crop circle, but it's just it was just an interesting thing. I, I, Something worth mentioning in this is, that, you know, uh, here we have a, another potential, potential uh, UFO situation, but also an area where there have been sightings of what <laughs> yeah you got bigfoot i yeah. mean that's it's right on the edge uh, of seven valleys right there uh, i'm not saying bigfoot's an alien but i'm saying that you can't ignore the correlation well, uh, of these things happening in the same areas 77 78 the gatchelville thing 78 you get yeah. the, the where there's smoke there's fire right and in this situation like where there's ufos there's bigfoot and where there's bigfoot there's ufos 78 all heck breaks loose as yeah. far as bigfoot in york For county sure. and these ufo sightings preceded that's all you can say can't make the connection, no connection, but yeah, there, there it is that these preceded. So I, I thought that was a, an interesting article in the corn roast. Allison went to school with, I think, the woman who married. I don't know if that is that fellow's grandson or son or, or somehow we had a connection there, but I was unable to get any interviews. Oh. So it would have been nice to uh, to talk to some of those folks. They still own that farm. Well, it's the same I family. mean, it's not out of the it's not out of the question. That could be something that happens in the future. Sure, yeah, we'd love to talk. The paper did kind of a humorous take on it. I'd like to talk to him, like, like seriously. Yeah. Like, what do you think happened? Yeah, think? and that's what happens with a lot of this stuff. They, 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 it gets reported, and it's put out into the into circulation in a very lighthearted, right? They, and sort of like, huh, so maybe a UFO, you know, yeah, <laughs> happened. Yeah, all, they always, they think they can. <laughs> You know, temper it. They won't become yeah. off as crazy if they can make a little fun of it. Yeah. Like I said before, I was thinking like UFOs. Like, seems like so many people have UFO experiences. So I asked around like the Where Did the Rogo group. I asked just my friends, yeah. and I asked on the Facebook Strange Familiar page for UFO stories, and we asked everybody the same three questions. Same and we just got a bunch bunch of interviews. We had more than I could actually yeah, make time the, to record. The, uh, the incoming of folks that wanted to talk and share has been like 
incredible. So uh, thank you. And if we interviewed you and you don't hear it, we, yeah, have, we have we have we have to keep the show a certain certain length before we lose people. And, so and a lot of people like wrote in, and we just couldn't schedule but, time. But we we appreciate it so much. Yeah, it's awesome, and we'll get to it. We'll, we we'll will, do it again down sure. the road. And we'll, we'll do another UFO show and we'll get to everybody. I did, you know, it's just a matter of time. It was a lot. I, I, yeah, it was a lot of, I, I spent a lot of time on the Skype this week recording and you did as well. Recording yeah, some and we have, we have some of that. Yeah. Let's play. Let's just play a sampling of, of this. We, like and, I said, and, we, and going into what were our three questions? The three questions were describe what you saw, which I guess is more of a statement than a question. Was anything weird happening in your life other than seeing this UFO around that time? And the third question was, what do you think UFOs are? And we just asked the same three questions of everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You did witness a UFO, is that correct? I did. It was in the uh, early summer of 2005, and uh, that was in North Texas, and uh, can, north of Dallas. Can you describe what you saw? Uh, well, it was almond-shaped. When people say triangular, I think of hard edges, so I, that's why I describe it as almond. It was, it was more rounded off. It did have lights on it. On the bottom, there were two red lights and one white light. And it looked like further on top, there may have been some uh, blue lights, but I, I couldn't actually see the, the lights themselves, just some of the, the reflection coming off of it. It was a dark gray, maybe a gunmetal color. It was quite large. It was, like I said, I was in a neighborhood of 4,000 square foot McMansions, and it was at least the length of the block. Was it high in the air, or was it closer? Well, it was pretty low to the ground, and I'm, I'm guessing still that it was about 100 feet off the ground. And that's, I was trying to figure out how to measure it. I mean, if the houses were two-story with a crawl space uh, attic, and then with the trees of the neighborhood, and it was well above all of that, but it was not super high in the sky. I mean, I could see a lot of detail, the angles of it. So I'm guessing around 100 feet off the ground or so. Did you notice anything else? Uh, it was completely silent. Like I said, when we were discussing it on Facebook, I could hear the crickets chirping. I could hear the radio in the car. There, I mean, I'm standing outside of my car looking up and... I had no indication it was there whatsoever. It crept up on me like a Prius. <laughs> wow. Just it was there. The other questions we're asking everybody is: Did anything else weird happen in your life around the same time, or was it just the sighting and that's it? No. After you said that, I got to thinking about it, and that entire year was sort of strange. Well, I mean, we of course had Hurricane Katrina a few months later. The whole time I was working in that neighborhood, 
I kept seeing shadow people. I had a few really odd experiences in that neighborhood. My life was sort of in turmoil. I was uh, a few months, six months out from a divorce that I really didn't know for sure I was about to go through. It was a lot of things going on. Do you feel like it was connected at all or just a storm of weirdness? It's hard to say. I've heard people suggest that these odd things happen when we have uh, weirdness going on in our lives where we're breaking the, the pattern, and that may be the case because I I had a religious experience. Uh, I had suffered from chronic depression for years, and, th and then a few months before this sighting, it was just gone after this religious experience. A lot of things were going on. It's like I, I cleared all of the junk out of my life in that one year. Wow. The last question is, well, what do you think they are? What do, you, what do you think you saw, and what do you think UFOs in general are, I guess? Well, I'm pretty, pretty sure what I saw was a physical aircraft that belonged to us, the, the U.S. military. That being said... Whether we are talking about UFOs, shadow people, Bigfoot, whatever, I don't think we're looking at one phenomenon. I think we're seeing multiple things that superficially look similar. And I know that's sort of a cop-out answer because it means that people from other worlds are very likely, as well as extra-dimensional, extra-temporal, etc., etc., but I really think that's the case. There, there's so much going on, and we have so little information, we can't differentiate between them. You had a UFO experience of your own. What did you see? This was about 11.30 in the morning. This was off of Haywood Road in West Asheville. I just turned on Baker Street, and I noticed something up in the air was driving into work. This looked to be traveling, I believe, westward over Patton Avenue. It was a perfectly round white sphere, almost of a cloud. The whiteness of a cloud was compacted into a sphere, really compact. It was moving just horizontally, looked to be maybe four or 500 yards away maybe just a couple hundred feet up in the air. And I was trying to get parked in the parking lot to see it. And by the time I did, it had disappeared behind some trees. It was really close. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think much about it as the day went on. I was like, well, what could that be? What could that be? Yeah. And the longer I thought about it, I couldn't come up with anything that would quite look like that. So at the time of your sighting, did you have anything significant happening in your life? Yes. In fact, the most immediate thing I had thought about when this happened, I had just started out of the Cicero's Big Green book, Self-Initiation into the Golden Dawn, and had just begun the practice of the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. And so the next thing happens is this, and I'm like, oh my God, I've unleashed hell, and kind of got freaked out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you believe these UFOs are or may be? Just pure speculation. I think a lot of them are just 
energetic type things. I think a lot of them are actual physical things. But essentially, I would say consciousness. Whose consciousness? I don't know. If I had to put a word, a single word to it, I would say Damon. Go ahead and give the location you saw it and uh, any details. Just to kind of describe what you saw. Okay. I was coming down uh, Route 30 towards Wrightsville. My girlfriend lives in Wrightsville. And I'm going to say it was probably like 9 o'clock at night or something. And as I was coming down Route 30, I wasn't quite at the Wrightsville exit, maybe a mile or so away. And as I looked out my windshield straight down Route 30, you can see like the lights from Columbia and you can get a pretty good gauge on where the river is right there. I thought I saw what looked like a huge airplane, but it really wasn't moving. And it looked like it was over top of the river, like between Chickie's Rock and the Wrightsville side of the river. And I thought, what the heck is that? So I kept driving and watching and it kind of turned like it was going to start coming up Route 30 the opposite way I was going. I would have been heading east. So this would have been heading west. As I got to the Wrightsville exit and was getting off, it was right above the trees off to my left in front of me. And what I saw was two huge white lights that like would have been at the end of wings, let's say, if I was looking at an airplane. And in the middle, I saw like a red light that changed red and green a little bit. So what I thought I saw at that point was like two towers on the mountain that had lights on the top because they were right at the top of the tree line. But I realized there is no towers up there. So whatever this thing was kind of just hovered there, barely moving. And so I got off the exit and continued down through to watch it. But I don't think I was kind of realizing what I was seeing right away. Or I think I probably would have went a different direction off the exit and tried to go closer to it. Then I get to my girlfriend's house in Wrightsville. I was there for maybe 10 minutes and her daughter and her daughter's friend came in. And they had described seeing this thing when they were in Wrightsville in town. They looked up the one street and they could see it, but I think their perception was weird. They thought it was small and it was closer than it was. So they thought maybe it was a little drone, but I also got the idea that they weren't really too keen on admitting that it might've been bigger because they're teenage girls, <laughs> but they definitely saw the same thing I saw. Did you have a sense of the, the shape of it? Was it airplane shaped or was it? You know, it's so weird because I couldn't see anything between the white lights or the the middle light. Like I couldn't see anything but the lights. I don't know if it was too dark, but I would say that from the one big bright white light to the other would have been the same probably as a, if I was looking at a wingspan, but it was no airplane. It was barely moving, and it didn't make a sound. A bunch of U uh, UFO reports came in from Columbia, which is the town right across the river from Wrightsville, the following day. So this confirms with what other people were seeing. You... I, I heard or I read the next day about a lady that like 
called her husband in Wrightsville to look outside and look at it, and they had seen it, but I didn't know them. I just had read about it the next day. Yeah, a lot of the UFO sites and stuff had reported a bunch of sightings, multiple sightings, but I think they were from Columbia. But again, that's right across the river. So you think right. that, you think this object was kind of over the river itself? It appeared to be when I was further away. Like, it just, I could tell the way the lights of the towns were light up. I could see a pretty good idea of where the river cut through there. And it seemed like the object was over the river. But, you know, I was probably still four miles from the river on the highway looking. Can you make but a guess? As I got closer, it seemed this thing turned and was coming in, in a westerly direction. Then, can you make a guess as to how high it was in the sky? I know it's not easy just looking up at something, but yeah, there's right there on Route 30. It's a little slope. It's by no means a mountain or a big hill, but the tree line slopes up real gradually. And this thing looked like it just was clear in the tree line, and it actually the white lights had tips so that they were following the tree line at a slight angle like if it was a craft it would have been parallel with the tops of the trees that's why i thought it was towers because i thought one light was just higher up than the other one but there's no towers there at the time in your life when you saw this ufo was there anything particularly strange or unusual happening other than that sighting in your life where do i start I, I research a Bigfoot, so there's... So it's all, all we saw. Time, well, at the time, within, you know, proximity of this thing, I had observed what I'm guessing are Bigfoots down in a hollow. I could see their eye shine and eye glow. As long as the leaves weren't on the trees, I could see them. And I had a weird experience in that hollow, having a big rock thrown at... Uh, me and Lori, my Bigfoot partner, and it was just strange. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, that was probably about the only strange thing going on at that time. Well, that's strange enough. And there's no wrong answer to this. We're just kind of taking a survey. What do you think UFOs are, either this one in particular or UFOs in general? Part of me thinks that our government definitely has objects that fly around that we normal people i guess or basic people don't see or recognize but i think we get visited on a daily basis i think they're already here they certainly don't scare me it didn't worry me it never threatened me it was kind of cool to see it i have noticed just to do my own research about ufos after that they do see them near quarries a lot and there are quarries all over the place in york county and I don't know if quarries have anything to do with them or not. Who knows? It's kind of fun to wonder. (laughs) (laughs) James, you saw a UFO. Yes, I did. I'm living currently in an area in between Reading and Hamburg called Shoemakersville. And there's a farm road that runs. You need to look at a map to make sure I'm not line, but I think it runs sort of north to south-ish, and I was coming back to this cabin in the valley. I was passing some farmland. It was probably mid-late July this year, 2017, and it was, you know, 6, 7 p.m., so it wasn't dark, 
but it you know wasn't like noon it wasn't full-on sunlight but i didn't have my headlights on and there's the reason i mention this because there's a there's a light thing it was dark enough that if a plane were flying i would probably have a little bit of trouble seeing it because it would be a dark spot in a not very well lit sky but if it was a plane that had its running lights on i would be able to see it pretty easily so while driving i see off to my left there's open field and probably I don't know, maybe a mile or three away, there's some hills. Somewhere above those hills, probably closer to me than the hills, something caught my attention. I drive a Mustang. I was driving pretty fast, so I usually keep my eyes on the road, especially in this area. There's lots of wildlife that will jump out in front of you. So I glance quickly to my left and back forward, and in the time that I had glanced to my left... I saw some strange multicolored thing that was moving rather quickly that looked like, you know, the taper of like a chandelier. It looks like an upside down wedding cake because there's like layers and steps to it. Yeah. Something like a chandelier that was multicolored. It was a solid object that had... I don't know if the light was coming from within it or if the lights were external. It could have been little windows with different colors behind them. It could have been different lights. It could have been that those points on the object were reflecting some kind of light. I I, I don't know. I can't say because it was a very, very quick glance. But after I sort of had processed what the hell was that, I glanced back over quickly and saw it zip off and disappear. Probably thousands and thousands of miles an hour, just gone in a snap. I I know it's hard to estimate size from the ground, but can you make a guess at all? Size of a small building. uh, I would say uh, uh, like if you cut a bunch of row homes in half and had like three or four of them together, that would be... I don't know, maybe 20 yards square at its largest point up top. Uh, You know, it didn't look like an enormous, huge sort of thing, but it definitely was substantial, like, I don't know, five or six school buses. You know, it was was pretty sizable based on just sort of that glance. It was a fast glance. I'm, I'm not here to say it's the Martians coming down from... You know, whatever. It was a very strange object, weird lights, and it moved in a very strange way. I think that's the very definition of UFO. That's one of the follow-up questions. What do you think UFOs are? Well... There's no wrong um, answer. Well, there's probably multiple answers because you've got, you know, the sort of things that we're creating that you and I aren't going to know about because it's top secret. Then there's the theory of interdimensional travel and there's the possibility of life visiting us from other solar systems. Uh, They could be probes from other solar systems or other dimensions, devices created by other intelligent beings that are just wanting to get a look at those really aggressive hairless monkeys on that planet in that one solar system, you know, who knows, but I do know that, 
what I saw wasn't a reflection off my my window because of that's why I mentioned this the the lighting and time of day specifically because I did once have an experience where I thought I saw something strange and it turned out to be a reflection of my instrument cluster on my in my car. I don't know what they are, but they're there. You can have whatever theory you want about what they are, but I think it's important to just let's all take a deep breath and recognize that something is there and we don't know what it is. What was going on in your life around this time? Anything weird? Any other weird things happen? I've had, like most folks, weird things happen, but they're very random when they do happen. This this wasn't after I'd just done a seance, you know, started dating a, a Sasquatch. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I just went to the grocery store. I was driving back and this, I saw this thing and, you know, lucky me, perfect timing, I guess, for whatever it was. Right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Actually, it's kind of weird. So I'm asking Soraya questions for once. It's, uh, <laughs> we've, we've, we've turned the tables. So the three UFO questions are upon us. The first is just simply describe what you saw. So uh, I've seen a few. I guess I'll go with the biggest one. What I saw was lights, lots of lots of lights. I was basically driving south along Cayuga Lake, probably around 11 p.m. or so, because I was going to do the last exit for the lost at my radio station, my other my music show, and I got blinded from the lake side of things, and I was just like, "Whoa, that is." who has their brights on because that's that's what it made me think of like a a car or a truck coming up and just like angling up from the lake just right where the lights hit you straight in the eyes you know like brights and i'm just like wow and then i'm thinking those lights are the brightest damn lights i've ever seen and finally i started squinting through them because they weren't stopping you know a car normally it's gonna turn or the the angle's gonna get off and it'll stop right (laughs) you know you're not gonna be so blinded and this wasn't. It just kept hitting me. And finally, I'm like squinting through it. And I'm like, oh, what am I looking at? And there's just all these lights. And if I remember right, there was a, a white light on top and bottom and a bunch of lights. There may have been four lights. I don't remember for sure. I know there was one on top and one on bottom of the whole the whole. I don't want to call it a structure because I couldn't actually see a structure. And then there were all these primary colored lights racing from from left to right along what would be the center. And like they'd get to, to a spot on the right-hand side and they'd disappear and then new ones would reappear on the other side. So either they were going in a circle around the thing and I wasn't seeing the other side or they were literally just disappearing at a certain point. And I just watched it and I just said – I. I don't know what I'm looking at. And I started running down things. I'm like, well, it's obviously not a plane because it's just sitting there. It wasn't making a, a lick of noise. I don't see how it could have been a helicopter. This was also 2000, I think. So probably not a drone or anything like that, you know, or a toy. Because I, I thought, could it be a toy? And I'm watching it. And as, it, as I'm watching it, it starts dropping down toward the lake very, very slowly. And I realize it's in front of these fairly large trees, or it's behind these fairly large trees on the other side of of them, because they obviously were not in the lake. And I'm realizing this thing is enormous, because it's like, you know, 20 trees long, at least. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, that's really big. That's not a toy. 
And then it just kind of disappeared from view. I don't know if it went into the lake. Uh, it just it dropped down lower than I could actually see it any further. And I was like, okay. And I checked the clock and went, I didn't lose any time. <laughs> didn't get an Oz sensation. Nothing like that happened. But it was – I have no explanation for what it was. And like I said, I, I won't call it a craft because I couldn't – I was trying really hard to see if I could see actual structure or if I was only seeing lights. But the lights were so bright, it made it absolutely impossible to see through. Can you make a guess even at the size of it or is it just like – Huge. Like yeah. I said, it, it spanned like 20 of these trees. So you're talking decent sized trees along along the horizon, and it was twenty of them. So considerably larger than a commercial jet. Yes. The follow up question, and I think I know your answer because it's usually the same answer I give to this question: is Did you have anything weird going on in your life around this time? Yes, it was it was one of the biggest shifts in my life, period. Okay, so extra weirdness around this time. I don't know that a lot of stuff happened, but I mean, as, as far as like, if you're talking like liminality-wise, my life was changing on numerous levels at that point. Okay. As far as other weird stuff, I don't, I don't remember anything. As far as like paranormally stuff, you don't remember anything? Yeah. So the last question is the most difficult, and of course, no wrong answers, but... What do you think UFOs are? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're anything we understand currently. I think that they are something that is a part of something much bigger. We're just seeing a fraction of it. And it is something that may very well help us move forward spiritually as a species eventually. I mean, that's my best guess at this point. Describe what you saw. Wow. Uh, I guess the best way to start it is that it started out as a flash of light that kind of looked like a bottle rocket or uh, some kind of firework that instead of going uh, vertical up, it, it was kind of going laterally from my right to my left, low over a grouping of trees, and where it kind of flashed out or where the apex of this light ceased, there was... The only way I know how to describe it is like a really dim red ring of lights that seem to be equidistant spaced. And, and saying lights, I guess, is not really a great interpretation of it. They were just bright spots, kind of resembled stars to a certain degree. And then after that, I took some steps towards a hedgerow and, and into a short, uh, just a, a short bit away from my truck, not that far away. And at a certain point, the thing went from being very dim to being very obvious. So it wasn't necessarily like a close encounters moment or anything. It was just very hard to tell what I was looking at because anytime I would try to look directly at it, it seemed to be harder to see than if I looked a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. It was that dim. It was almost like the stars that you see in the sky that are very dim. At a certain point, it left no doubt because it brightened to such a degree that it became painfully obvious that this was some sort of either oval or disc-shaped thing with somewhat bright lights. Although it's a light like you can't really describe, it's not a spotlight, it's not a, a normal light. It's a very strange-looking light. Equidistant-spaced red lights around the edge of this thing, and then when it brightened up, it turned out to be still equidistant red lights, but now there were white lights that were interdispersed within the red that didn't seem to be 
equidistant. They seem to be not in between each segment of red light. In other words, they were kind of uh, oddly spaced between them. And only a few of those, whereas the red light seemed to go all the way around the periphery of it. And that's basically what it, what I saw. Can you make altitude? I know it's really hard. It's in the sky. At know. altitude, I would say the the height would have to be slightly less than a high-tension wire, which was, uh, by the way, fairly near to this to this event. I would say probably around 200 yards away, there were uh, to the right were high-tension wire. You know, the ones that, that literally look like a man. Right. <laughs> you know, they have the little legs. They have the arms that come out. So I would say slightly less tall than that, and I have no idea what that would be. But, uh, I mean, a little higher than treetop level. Can you make a guess at the size, roughly? Judging by <laughs> judging by how close it came, I would say anywhere between 30 and 50 feet wide. Any weird stuff, like, specific to the time you saw the UFO that you can Ooh. remember? Hold on. Specific to the time... I gotta be honest and say I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of weirdness before that event. I had had weirdness early on in my life, and it had kind of subsided to a large degree. I still had little odd things that would happen here and there. A couple of big ones, probably in the 16, 17 year old area, but then not a lot. But I will say that I had, uh, I was newly wed. And within a year, we had my son, and my son was was born at this at this point in time. The one thing I can say that would have been not a weird thing, but an unusual thing, was that it was probably one of the first times that I had dropped my son off at my mom's house, and my wife Lisa and I went out on our own. <laughs> that was one right. of the first times. Well, so as a that parent, was that's odd. I mean, yeah, that's a landmark as a parent. Like the first time you is. do that, I remember that. <laughs> Like the, yeah. the first time to drop the kids off and like, all right, we're, we're, we're going out. So it is a landmark yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was kind of an odd thing, but I can't, I can't tell you that there was uh, some kind of weird things surrounding that. It was literally the notion of going out that late and, and just looking around, uh, just poking around. My, my friend Brian used to call it shun piking where you just go down a road and see what happens uh, <laughs> and, and see what you could see. And we were just out looking around. And the one thing I can tell you that did seem a little odd to me was that I had become literally overnight somewhat interested in the UFO phenomenon. I had always had a passing interest, but when I told my wife about going out that particular night, I said, you know, something feels incredibly right about us doing this. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm doing something like I, I, I can't explain it. It's just a feeling of I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. And as a guy in a creative field, you don't often have those feelings. There's always a lot of, I don't know, like, should I be doing something else? Should I? This was like bliss for the purpose of just going out and riding around. But something about it felt meaningful well beforehand. And I still, to this day, can't really figure out what that was. But then when this event happened, so many things transpired after that, that literally life became a three-ring circus for quite a while. So... Last question of the series. I think I know you well enough to know this is not an easy answer. Uh, uh, so, so we're asking everybody, like, what do you think they are? UFOs? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know it's not. It's it, for for uh, someone who's thought about it a lot. It's never an easy answer. Yeah. I mean, I started out pretty much from the standpoint of a lot of other people thinking that it's is it people from other planets coming here and something like that going on. That was pretty short lived for me. 
And then I began to think of it more in terms of some sort of quote-unquote spiritual angle to it. It didn't seem to fit the extraterrestrial expectation. In other words, there were weird things about it that didn't make any sense from a logical standpoint. Uh, There was a lot of illogical earmarks in it that immediately turned me off of the obvious. And so as time progressed, of course, your opinion changes, your notion changes. There was a point 25 years ago or 21 years ago where I was positive that this was uh, inherently evil and potentially, you know, in quotes, demonic, whatever that means, phenomenal. And then it, almost in response, several things came to light for me and happened just in the course of daily life that made me see that that's all a matter of how you approach it. And so what do I think it is now? I think that I don't know what I think. I think it's too early for theories. I think that a lot of things surround events like this that are significant. In other words, uh, anti-structural elements and liminal states these kind of things surround these events, and I think that needs to be looked at really closely and dissected over and over and over. I think there's a lot of symbolic meaning to these events rather than literal meanings. I think people focus too much on the literal. As far as what it is, an evolutionary force is a good answer, but who knows? Or you know, there's another tenant in the apartment that we don't know about, and we're incapable of really understanding what it is and all I ever ask anybody to do is just you know consider the word alien because that's the word we use for this. Consider that word and what it really means. And a lot of people think it means you know little green men from Mars and that sort of thing. But alien means something that has evolved independently of anything that we know. And so you've really got to consider that kind of weight when you when you say alien. That means something completely removed from our influence, our rules sometimes our good sense, (laughs) and things about this are inherently alien. And so in the end, I don't know. But I've come to realize a lot of things that uh, over the past 30 years of this stuff that that you find out that the the mess that the fields are in that people continuously talk about. I used to talk about what a mess the field was incessantly. You come to realize that a lot of the problems with the field are part of how the phenomena works. And there does seem to be patterns in that. So that's what I follow. I don't really try to – try not to theorize too awful much. And when I do, I try to say this is just off the top of my head and this right. is theory. This is – this in my, in my mind is, is so liquid. I try to stay as liquid and as elusive as the phenomena is. Uh, yeah, and, I, that's, yeah, I often tell people this is today. Like this is where I am today. That's right. You yeah, know, exactly. Like uh, yeah. I, you talk to me tomorrow and I might have a you know completely different idea right. be- because right. this, it changes as quick as my mind, certainly. It uh, does, yeah. And, it, and in the end, you know, you say I, – I say, well, I'm a trickster theorist. So for the time being, this is what it is. But I will say – that it is the only theorem that I have studied that I've been able to expand on, which is good, and to see results, to see actual consistencies laid out or come before me that I can go, I bet you have this, this, and this. And they go, yeah, how in the world did you know that? Well, because this is, a, this is the pattern. Right. And these patterns are, I mean, if you're looking for consistencies, don't look for it in the paranormal. But there are some. If you don't look necessarily – you look adjacent to things and uh, you see what surrounds it. And indeed, there are some very interesting commonalities and situations and scenarios that seem to be where these things erupt. Yep. That's what I look for. So I, I will say that it is the longest 
lasting theorem because it to me it, it it doesn't say this is an answer trickster is not an answer it's a direction this is what a lot of people don't get they think when they hear the word trickster they think entity no uh, it's it's an abstract concept and that's what that's what I'm doing I'm being as abstract and as as liquid as I can be because the phenomena is that that's kind of where I'm at with it I think that's as good as answer as any go ahead and give your website so we can put that in there yeah, the, the the I don't website quote unquote I don't have, but the, the oh, blog, blog I write. Uh, yeah, the, the blog that I do miss the writing on is uh, numinousden.blogspot.com. If you go to Facebook and look up numinousden, N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S, I think you'll no doubt find it. You can join that group, and that group has a link to the blog in it. The blog has become a pretty big depository for a lot of stuff. So if you want to see the process of of you know thought exercises on this. Uh, that would be my place to do it. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. I think really, for me, the most interesting thing was we didn't hear aliens too much in anybody's interview. No. I think no, in fact, I don't recall hearing it really. One or two people maybe suggested it. I mean, but for the most part, it, which I think is really interesting, I think that's a shift in the way people are thinking about UFOs, which is very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a telltale. It's interesting how people's perception of these things sort of evolve over time. To be fair, I'll ask the same three questions of myself. Have you ever seen a UFO? I don't believe so. Okay. So without getting too far into it, because we're going to do the show on my experiences for patrons. Yeah. I will say I saw one when I was maybe eight or nine. It was, uh, I was on the farm. It was on the, it was over to the treetops on the horizon. Was this the farm that you grew up on? The farm I grew up on in Maryland, Northern Maryland. It seemed to be one either circular or or disc shaped object with lights, different colored lights that went around the center of it maybe red, green, and blue or something, or maybe green, red, blue, and white. I'm trying to remember the exact color combination, but it's it's been too long. I was, you know, it's been 40 years almost yeah. since that. The next one I saw was very recently. I was in the Hellam Hills right out, outside of Toad Road. I'd gone up there one night to uh, just, you know, try to record some sounds and stuff. And... Nothing was going on. We weren't getting any activity or anything. So we kind of got bored and went up on this hill. And I saw just a single white light that looked like it was a a yo-yo, just bobbing up and down, straight up and down in the sky. And I thought maybe maybe that's some kind of atmospheric thing like could could make it do that. But I I asked some some amateur astronomers and I never really got a good answer as to like what could be doing that. So it was an object in the sky that I could not identify. The first one I saw looked like looked like a craft. I guess I don't. I don't know yeah. that any of these things are really crafts, but this one just looked like a single light that was just bobbing up and down. Anything else weird in my life at the time? I didn't think so, but now looking back, yeah. as I'm writing this yeah. stuff down, and we'll get into it. Yeah, there was some other weird stuff. Um, some maybe abduction stuff. Some you know things like that. That's another so, story. So maybe yes, and and there's some yeah. maybe missing time associated with with that first one. Yes. And the the more recent one, I'm constantly look, going out in the woods looking for Bigfoot and talking to people about ghosts and UFOs and stuff. So, you know, it's I'm kind of constantly in this in the zone of weird. So, 
So maybe something weird going on then too. What do you think at this point in your experiences that this UFO phenomena may be? I have this, it's the same unsexy answer I have for Bigfoot. I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) But I, I don't think they're, they're little men from another planet. That I don't think. I think we've, we just like these big hairy things in the woods, we've been seeing these lights in the sky forever. And they seem to change in reaction to our culture. In the 50s, they seem to be the kind space brothers. And then as our science fiction got more dystopian, they turned into these creepy little greys. So they seem to react in a way to our culture, but maybe, maybe not. You know, that that's and that's just instinct. So I, I think it's some kind of possibly archetypal thing that's always been with us but i what that is and again like i say with bigfoot i'm not saying they're not real when i say that i I think these are very real things but they're not real in the same way that you know a pencil that you can pick up and write with is real is they don't obey the same rules so there's the confusing and 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 there's your answer folks the non-answer and with that thanks everybody for listening Thanks a lot, guys. Come see us at Monster Mania if you can. Monster Mania. Come check out the patron shows if you can. And we'll have more in two weeks. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Hollow Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more darkhollerarts.com Intro and background music by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.